Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, uh, November the 15th, 2018, 8 a.m. New York time, 5 a.m. Los Angeles time, 1 p.m. Uh, that would be London time, and uh, 12 midnight Sydney, Australia time. So if you're in Sydney, Australia and listening at 12 midnight, thank you. Wow, really great that you're listening to us here on LOA Today. And uh, welcoming back my uh, good friend Joel Elston. Uh, we've got uh, another light topic. I, I've been aiming for light topics. We've been doing a lot of heavy topics lately, you and I. So I want to get a light topic going for like a second week in a row, yeah. right? Because we need we need nice. that. That'd we be great. we yeah. need to lighten things up quite a bit, you know. So um, I grabbed something off of your Facebook feed about uh, how important it is to focus on our own Facebook on our on our own Facebook. Yes, well, <laughs> there's that too. But the, how important it is to focus <laughs> on our own happiness and that the happiness is in our own control. And and uh, as your uh, your meme said, that means you're off the hook. Whoever's listening, and it's not up to you. It's up to me to be happy. And, uh, you know, that's a key concept that uh, makes the law of attraction work best in our lives. But, uh, I mean, uh, one question i got to ask you, where do you get all your memes from? I mean, you it, it's like you have this endless supply of them that you publish on your page. And that's the, one, of the, one of the latest good ones. But where the heck do you get them from? My goodness. I, I, I have, uh, uh, it, it's, I have, because I've been doing this stuff for so long, I'll, I, I probably get uh, 15 or 20 a day in my email from various Clients or wow. former clients, and people just contribute, and and uh, they'll, they'll or they'll tag me in one of their pages, and uh, I, I'm always I'm always looking for you know I do public speaking, right. so I'm always looking for sort of key statements to make, and uh, you know I I I readily unabashedly admit that you know my material is from someone else. I, <laughs> I, I might combine a bunch of material, but I don't claim to be the the creator of this, I'm a student of this, and I'll share that information. So, I'm all, I, I do everything from researching back in the day, you know, way way back in, you know, way way back in ancient China, and and just sort of the old philosophers and Greece, and uh, everything from the new philosophers. So I, I'm always looking, I'm all, I'm looking for content, and when I say that, I'm looking for content for me. Everything I post is generally. Most people say you must have read my mind today, or <laughs> yeah, right. thinking. But it generally is what's matching my world when I post. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, you may not be the creator of the ideas, but you're a wonderful curator of the ideas. So you curate them and you you share them on your Facebook page. That's that's pretty good all by itself. Um, so happiness, yeah. being responsible for our own happiness, is certainly key. Um, it, it's one of the things that we don't think about the most when we are dealing with difficulties, trials, troubles, all kinds of stuff, but it should be. And so I guess the first question is, why don't we? Well, I, I think we go back to our original programming uh, that, that we developed that's handed down generationally or, or, or what we're being sold or what, what through the media or what society thinks is when this happens, you know, you're going to be happy. Uh, whilst uh, Madison Avenue, for those that don't know, that means the, uh, uh, the the advertisement firms, which used to all be located on Madison Avenue, right. that's where that came from, um, is their job is to sell a concept that makes you want to buy something. Right. I, I think one of the, the standout things is I, I, I really laugh at Coors Light commercials. You see these incredibly fit people <laughs> on the beach. And, you know, they're all drinking Coors Light and they're having this incredible time. So the, the message is, huh, if you go on the beach, beautiful women will be attracted to you. You'll have a six-pack of abs, uh, drink your Coors Light, and you'll have a very fun day. Well, the concept that fun somehow involves all of those things or, or happiness would involve any location, having a super nice car or a super nice house or plenty of money is going to make you happy – that's a selling point to drive you. And, mm-hmm. and so that becomes ingrained in your conscious that once this event happens, I'm going to be happy. Or once this person does something I want them to do, I'm going to be happy. Or these, there's a million things that will in our mind say, happiness waits for me down the road once these things happen. And then it becomes a pursuit that you, is never ending because that's not the way it works. When you right. realize the, 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 True happiness exists inside already when you decide to be happy. Everything after that, you can be happy. I'm very much in favor of having a ton of money and having 
access to those uh, all the great stuff in in our our lives, but it doesn't it doesn't make me happy. My happiness came first, and the other stuff came afterwards. Interesting thing too, <clears throat> because uh, when we uh, listen to that Coors commercial that you're referring to, and there are a number of them, of course, and and see those images, uh, including the guys with the six pack abs, we don't really tend to realize that because we're depending on something else outside of ourselves for our happiness, what we're really setting ourselves up for is to replace the six-pack six pack abs with just a six-pack, which is not exactly what people had in mind. And that's, those six-pack abs tend to turn into something that's not quite as attractive looking. Exactly. And, and, and that metaphorically, even beyond that, um, it, it is, it, first of all, it, it, it is what happens it, it, when you're saying that six-pack, that's how people become alcoholics. They mm. say, well... Beer is going to make me happy, or beer is going to do this. Well, beer gives you the illusion for a short period of time of, of being happy or fun, and then it moves on forward uh, right. uh, into stuff that doesn't make sense. So the package that you're being sold seldom, you know, the pit, uh, I, love, I love the concept of, have you ever seen the McDonald's commercial where they show the Big Mac, the sizzling meat, and the perfectly placed food, and then... You know, how, how, how tempting that looks. And then you see the Big Mac when you open the container. It doesn't resemble. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, the other, like, you know, like it's, it's, it's sort of crammed together. Stuff's falling all over the place. The other one's perfectly lined up. And, and again, the image of the Big Mac is much different than the reality of the Big Mac. True. Um, and happiness is a similar type thing. It's when you, when you think, you know, what is your happiness? That, it sounds like such an incredible uh, question, easy question to answer. What would, what makes you happy? Well, the only answer is you. Mm. But, but when you ask that question of other people, well, here's these things that need to happen. I want a good job. I want my kids to behave. I want my husband or wife to do what I want them to do. I want no stress in my life. And, and then, I, and then I will be willing to be happy is almost what we're saying. Yes. It versus, no, I flip the switch and I'm happy. And then amazing things happen because of that, but that's not the conduit that we we see. We're we're ingrained, you know, the, the we're ingrained to believe that you're not happy, and stuff or things or situations will make you happy. And then everything that's where the training comes in. So breaking that when you it, and most people realize they're in charge of their own happiness, they just don't like to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, plus, uh, I mean, I, I've thought about, uh, this, this tendency that you've described for a long time of, of, of first of all, wanting to have outside influences make us happy. And that, that actually becomes sort of an addiction all by itself. Uh, but also there's the element that for those of us who do understand how important it is to assume responsibility for our own happiness, even when we try to do that, we find ourselves thwarted by our own past behavioral patterns that just don't, easily go away so okay i'm i'm determined i'm going to feel happier i'm going to feel happier and i i manage it for a couple minutes and then all of a sudden i'm dwelling once again on those same old patterns that have been dwelling on for the last you know 5 10 20 30 years whatever it is so it almost seems like we're defeated from the get-go and yet and yet we know that if we can get to that promised land of feeling better and, and feeling better because we choose to feel better and, and choose to feel happy about stuff well then things can improve mightily for us so I mean, you run into this all the time as a life coach. What's the next step? How do you how do you break the pattern? Well, like with any pattern, you you reassign or, or you 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 come up with everybody. One of the things that that is just sort of confusing to most people, and everybody has a different language. You and I've talked mm. about this in various forms. Like some people, and I'll use some basic stuff. Some people learn or experience things by seeing. Right. Other people experience things by feeling, other people mm -hmm. by hearing, most of us by a various combination of different things. Mm -hmm. So what works for one doesn't always work for the other, but what generally happens is when you have a conditioned behavior, uh, a habit of being unhappy, for example, right. you have to come up with something that breaks the process in the brain. So the brain, the brain gets into a, th a way of thinking, well, my life sucks, I'm unhappy, uh, and everything involved with that is the cause of my unhappiness. Uh, it, 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 you're, you're putting stuff together that doesn't make sense. You're, it's the reverse uh, way of doing it. One of the, uh, and I hope, you, you know, help me with this, Walt, as I explain it, because I'm probably going to go way on the limb. <laughs> I'll try to pull you uh, back. 
Yeah, yeah. Statin medications is a drug that actually reduces cholesterol in the body. Mm -hmm. uh, doctors prescribe it readily. And again, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm using the example. Right. Uh, so uh, people who have heart attacks generally have high bad cholesterol. So they created a drug that damages the liver so it doesn't produce cholesterol. <laughs> I love the way you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I misspoke, but that's what, what happened. Uh, so, so the, the, you, this drug effectively reduces cholesterol. So, assuming that reduced cholesterol, because everyone who has a heart attacks has, or most people who have heart attacks have high bad cholesterol, so you would assume that reducing the cholesterol, if you really do the research, is there's no correlation. The, the, the amount of heart attack, yes, it effectively reduces your cholesterol, and it doesn't reduce the number of heart attacks. So what, what, what's that about? So it's the same thing when we're thinking about happiness. The idea that money is going to make me happy, and that's usually the key. Most people feel uh, unhappiness because they feel they lack what other people have or the alternatives or the options that other people have. Right. So they feel an incongruence with with. If I had money to go do what I wanted to do, then I would be happy, clearly. So they yes. start the pursuit of money, mm -hmm. and then the pursuit of money never leads to happiness. Right. It, it just doesn't – you're putting together illogical things, but it seems so logical. Like the researchers will reduce that cholesterol, and then the heart attacks will go away. Yeah. No, they didn't. Uh, we did reduce the cholesterol, but huh, shockingly, that didn't seem to have that effect that we wanted it to have. Uh, and, and then when we go back to this other side of, of happiness, money, the, the, I deal with people often of great wealth, and, and, and it's almost mind-boggling sometimes. You know, I used to think somebody having $10 million was a wealthy person until I started working with people who had a billion dollars. <laughs> and, 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 and so you're, you're, you're working with people who have you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're equally, if not more, unhappy because at least the person who has no money has a, a simple belief that some money will make me happy. Mm. The people who have $150 million, they're like, huh, wow, now, now what do I do? Mm. Um, and, and the answer to both is the same. You find happiness within you, and then life becomes happy. The, some of the happiest times of my life were some of the poorest times of my life. Uh, and, and, it, and I didn't realize that for years, that I, I was actually more fulfilled when I didn't have anything and I was building my life back. So I, that I equate that to the struggle that I often talk about. I've changed my perspective of struggle. I love struggle. It's invigorating. It makes me stronger. And, and, and so life itself with happiness, happiness to me is a struggle, not the struggle that most people would say. I love to struggle. So I... When I feel I feel alive when there's a challenge, uh, I like to be building new things. I like to help companies who are struggling turn things around, uh, and and those are things that I enjoy doing. I like to take on the task. I'm the person who believes, you know, the, like for example, if, if you were to say there's, and I know you're a baseball fan, Walt, but I'll break it down simple a football analogy. Um, there's a uh, there's a really good team called the New England Patriots. I'm being facetious because you, you know who they are. So they, they have a coach, Bill Belichick. He, Bill Belichick is, a, is an incredibly successful coach for the New England Patriots. And then traditionally, even though this year they're a little better, the worst team in the NFL is traditionally the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Many will argue this year it's the Oakland Raiders, but either mm. way, it, it's, it's, they're bad teams. But I look at – if somebody said, Joel, you get to be a coach of any NFL team you want. I look at the Oakland or the Cleveland job as the best job. Mm. There's, there's, there's more, there's more work. There's more, yeah. You know, what are you going to do with the Patriots? It's like coaching Michael Jordan in basketball. What do you do? Well, Michael shoot the ball. Whatever you, whatever you want to do, Michael, I mean, anybody can coach Michael Jordan, you know, just, just go with the game and, and, you know, that, that looks great. But taking a team that doesn't have Michael Jordan win the championship, well, that's a whole different story. Mm. And and so the, the the idea that finding what 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 gets you going, the the reason you get up every day and, and and feeling life and really being happy about what you have, invites so much more things to be happy about. That's the exciting piece. 
your health gets better. We had a, a, an email from a gentleman uh, a few weeks ago that we talked about on the air, and, and he magnificently framed it for us where he was talking about he's a practitioner of the law of attraction, and he, he, he loves the concept, and his life is so much better. His health has improved, but the one area that he got into law of attraction about is what he was focused on is not any better. And then he answered his own question, like, hmm, maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And our focus is we get stuck. I could just want to be happy, or I just wish everybody would behave the way I'd want them to behave. Mm. I often will. I'm often working with families, and they're they're they're, they're in my situation in my job. I, I deal with a lot of people with addiction, right? And the, when the parents of these uh, these young men or women, when they really get stressed, they get into a uh, uh, a place of I just want my son or daughter to do this, and then I will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm, I try to work with them separately and say, addiction is going to have the take its course with your son or daughter. However, it's going to take it. You're not in control of that. You didn't create it. You can't control it. However, your happiness and fulfillment it's two separate things. I often, almost always, refer out the parent to another therapist or life coach or or someone who can help the parent get to where they need to be mm. because they don't understand that their entwinement with, I want my son to be happy or my daughter to be happy, it, that will make me happy. But often with an addict, then being happy requires them to be practicing their addiction. So you get an enablement process that goes on. And so breaking that understanding that happiness is a is a, the easiest thing to obtain. It's, it's, it's the easiest gift we have. It simply involves the process of saying, I'm happy and believe, doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, simultaneously, it is the hardest thing to do because we have an image of what it looks like that is not what real happiness is about. And that's, mm. that's where it gets so uh, incongruent or, or opposite because it, it, it's like you, it's easy, but yet it's probably the most difficult thing to obtain. One of the things that you said early on there uh, had to do with people who have oodles of money, huge amounts of money, not being happy. And I can just imagine a bunch of people like right now we are um, uh, we're live streaming this as we record it to the Law of Attraction Change My Life group on Facebook. And I can I've seen lots of posts like this. I can just imagine people saying, well, you know, if I had one hundred fifty million dollars, I could promise you this. I'd be happy. I'd be doing great. You know, but I can't seem to get there. You know, the money just doesn't come for me. That's why I'm not happy. And I mean, you and I, I think, right. can, can easily see what the uh, what what's going on there. But lay it out for people. What what what's going on with that thinking process that's working against the person who's thinking that way? Well, it, it, by by believing that you're by saying that you're you're saying I'm unhappy because I lack money. Mm. I lack abundance, so I'm unhappy. Well. As we always say, the law of attraction picks up on the energy you're projecting. So what the narrative you just give the law, I lack. I lack money and I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care that you're connecting the two, but I lack money and I'm unhappy. So the law of attraction says, let's fulfill this guy's order of unhappiness and more lack. And that's mm-hmm. what you keep getting. Mm-hmm. And then you get more unhappy and you get more lack and then you're equating the two. Once you get happy and where you're at, once you start feeling that good vibration, then again, all the tragedy picks up, oh, this guy's happy again. Now, if I'm happy, I know very happy people that are poor and remain poor. Happiness doesn't automatically equate to money either. It's understanding that when you – I know people that are happy and are fearful of money, and they continue to – they don't particularly want it, but they they don't like the fact that they're they're – lacking money. However, they get very simply involved in, huh, I can accept this. I can I can accept my position the way I am and, and I'll be I'll be fine being poor. And that, that becomes a lifestyle for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's okay too because they def- they're they're happy. But when you really, really want an abundance and you really you you understanding what it does, money for me doesn't give me you know, I have nice cars, I have a nice house, I have, I have stuff I like, but that's not the point of it. It gives me options. It gives me a freedom because I choose to allow it to be a freedom. Some people make makes money a, a, a jail or a prison. It becomes a a, mm-hmm. a, a devastating event, you know, and, and 
the depression or when the stock market crashed in the 1928 or 30, wherever that was. 29, uh, yeah. There were, yeah, 29, people are jumping out of windows uh, and, 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 and killing themselves and, and over every, <laughs> it meant everything. Actually, that came a lot later. Believe it or not, nobody actually jumped out of a window that day. That's a myth that kind of developed over time. But there were no actual but, deaths on but, Wall Street that day. But later on, there were a whole bunch of people who were getting yeah, very, yeah, very depressed. Yeah. Later on, right, it yeah. became, whoa. Yeah, when they lost, yeah not, not literally the stock market crap, but when, they lost, when, when the accumulation of it all came and they, they yes. lost their perceived the, – the money was on paper anyway. Right. It, it is – there, there's a gentleman that is uh, that I've talked to before. He had a, a dot com company many many years ago when when the internet was going crazy. I forget the name of the company. It was it was some little minor company that, that I, I forget even what they did. But he they had a, a six month buyout period, meaning when a, a stock would go public, as an owner he couldn't sell his stock. It was a buyout blackout, so it, it you know that way people wouldn't just dump their stock in. So he built his company up. It went public. He was worth thirty-five million dollars on paper. Mm. Well, that was toward the end of the dot-com craze. Oh, he had all these shares of the stock. He was living in his mother's basement and had a net worth of thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, he couldn't access it, but right. that was his net worth on paper. Right. The stock started to crash, mm. and not because it was a bad stock. It was never a good stock. It just was part <laughs> of the dot-com craze. Right. When everything started falling apart, the company had no value. They did, They never turned a profit, had very little potential of turning a profit. And when the six-month period ended, he was worth zero. Mm. Now, he had a great attitude about it. I didn't lose anything. But I never had anything. Mm -hmm. And so he went on and actually became very successful. And, and his concept with another company did really well. And he's still in the IT field, but doing, doing really well. I think he actually ended up with Amazon and, and oh, wow. okay with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and uh, so you, but within that context, he lost everything. It, it, how he chose to look at it, it didn't destroy him because people said, God, he lost $35 million. And he's like, no, I never had it. <laughs> I, I never. It was never, and I love the ability to see that. Mm. I love the ability for people to, to, you know, because again, he never lost his happiness because of that. Right, right. Now there are also that, this is something I actually saw today, and this is boy, this is an ongoing meme. Not so much in this group, but I see it more in another law of attraction group. Uh, people are, and it's not a huge number, but it's a significant number of people. Young people are obsessed with getting exes back you know they 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 were involved with somebody the relationship broke up and they're obsessed with getting that person back that person was the perfect person for me and they're constantly posting you know how can i get this person back and so forth and they've gotten some pushback from people saying you know you, you keep coming out with that viewpoint of lack it's not going to work or you know maybe you should be looking at somebody else anyway because if that one didn't work out it probably means there's a there's somebody better coming down the line but some of them get really really upset about that and one person actually she posted a rant basically condemning anybody who who would even conceive of the idea of saying no you you know you're not a, it's not a good idea to to do that you should be looking at other options and, and considering all other alternatives and her response was you can attract anything you want in your life if you want to attract your ex back you can attract your ex back and so forth i get so sick and tired of all these posts and memes claiming that you can't get your ex back and i looked at that and i said to myself well i wonder how that's working out for her <laughs> But you know, well, you clearly, see. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like so obvious, but you know, when you're in the middle of that, that's a tough yeah. thing to, to kind of break the pattern on, right? And and clearly, she's having a hard time breaking that pattern. How, how do you how do you break the pattern when you don't know how to break the pattern? Well, and 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 when you know, one of the basis of of and Abraham Hicks, uh, one of their videos talks greatly about this. And even it's mentioned in the, the book, The Secret, it, mm. you can attract your life back, but you can't out-attract another person's life back. I, I know that sounds incongruent, but I'll, I'll go there with it. Like the, the idea that yeah, my, I can attract what I want, but I, at the same time, have another person attracting what they want. And you can't force a situation like that. 
and she's a, and this one person who's on the rant is, is obviously just so obsessed and view that view a huge lack because that one person's missing. There's zero chance of that person person ever coming back. Not because it's not possible, but because it's simply a a ridiculous uh, mindset that I am going to I'm going to somehow magically make another person want me. It, it's it's you know the I, I deal with a, a lot of uh, uh, teenagers and and that a lot of times that you know they're they're they get really stuck in relationship uh, uh, issues and you know I had this one young man not too long ago that he called his girlfriend of a long time and I mean she called him and said I'm breaking up I think she actually did it by text and um, <laughs> so he then texted me and said. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, you know, take a deep breath. We'll, we'll talk about it. You know, we had a session scheduled the next day. Well, I didn't get a text from her saying, I'll call him Joe. Joe just threatened to kill himself if I didn't come back. Oh, wow. And, and I'm, and so I called Joe and I said, Joe, do you think that made you more attractive to her or less attractive to her? What, 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 let's just go out on a limb here. Now, which, which one do you think it is? It, 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 is? Are you more attractive to this young lady that you just threatened? You know, oh, I love a man that threatens to kill himself. Um, <laughs> not, not really a, a place to be. Uh, versus understand, and, and so he he did a really good job. We spent some time fixing it all up, and and he, he's he's accepting. He's moving on. But the idea that there's an influence of because the other person is attracting what they want or what they need. And I'm sure somebody's not attracted. I need a really needy person who is desperate to have me back. Mm. But that, that's not what they're seeking. But yet that's what you are when you're doing that. That's so just understanding that. Wait. I was just going to say, that's true. That's not normally on the top 10 list of, of things that you're looking for in, in uh, qualities right. in a mate that you're trying to attract. Somebody who desperately needs me is going to die if, I, if they don't get me. Like That's usually not top 10. Right. And, 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 that, and that's so great to, that we can see that because uh, when, when, you, when you're trying to attract what you want, it isn't like you're attracting Trump someone else's what they're trying to do. You can't magically say, oh, yes, the energy I'm putting out there, I desperately want you back. Mm. Well, that, that has, the, again, the total reverse effect of mm -hmm. what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, I, I know that as I've gone forward uh, in, in my life with people and, uh, you know, past relationships, and I can see where, you know, I put myself in a position of, of that person could make me happy or not make me happy. Uh, and, and I will never be able to be happy. It sounds like, the, you know, the, a lot of these people that say this, they have a belief that they can never be happy without that person in their life. And if that's the case, then they're absolutely, if that's what they believe, then that's their absolute correct. Mm. They're, they're correct. So. And that's exactly what's going to happen. A big difference. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. They, they don't, I don't think they realize what it is that they're attracting. And it, uh, at some point you have to come to the realization what you're attracting is not what you think you want. You, you think you want, you know, that person back, but that's not what you're putting out there. And the only way you can really right. turn that around is to stop putting out there this thing that, oh, I got to have this person back. The people who are putting that out don't realize they're blocking themselves, I think. I don't think they realize that they are actually putting the biggest yeah. barrier in their own way. And don't you think that applies to pretty much everybody who who faces these things? Oh yeah. For me, it, I think no matter what it is, whether it's whether it's relationships or money or or or, or the, I I don't go after happiness by viewing myself as having a lack of happiness. You don't right. do that. It does, and that's and that's where the law of attraction trips most people up. I'm going to go get me some happiness, which I don't have. Mm -hmm. Well, again, the I don't have it is the message you're putting out. Or I don't have the money. I desperately need money. So, again, the issue is, huh, this guy must really and desperately enjoy desperately needing money, so let's keep giving that vibe to him. Mm -hmm. And that's what's picked up on. That's a check you're writing with that emotion. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, like our, our emailer that we, we mentioned, he – because he was price of law, the areas of his life that he didn't view a lack in became so much better. 
Right. They were incredible. He, he, he lost a lot of weight. He got off medication. It was like, wow, I, look at, I'm not even trying to do that. The stuff he was trying to do was eluding him. So and, would, and that's the whole point. Yeah, so wouldn't it be cool then if, if uh, the people who are so obsessed about getting the X back were to start posting things like, you know what, regardless of whether the X comes back or not, I'm going to be happy anyway. Well, I mean, that would first of all, it'd be a refreshing change of pace, you know, to have those kinds of posts coming right. out, you know. But secondly, they'd actually be more successful. I don't know if they would necessarily get the X back, but they would find the right person in their life a whole lot quicker if they approached the whole situation that way, saying, you know what, I feel good about myself. I'm actually a good person, and yes. you know it, that's going to be true regardless of whether or not he or she comes back to me. It's still true, and I and I have right. every reason to be happy because. I have every reason to be happy. And I can even list the reasons. My reasons are A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, and, and there they are. And I feel good as I, as, as I even express them. And as I, I talk about them, I realize, wow, I got a lot going for me. And just that, that, that's a big shift right there. But just that one shift can make all the difference in terms of finding that, that person you're looking for. I, I know it happened with me. When I first met Louise, I was, I, I had been through some really, really bad stuff. Frustrating over a long period of time and had gotten to the point where literally I just quit doing all that. I just said, I, th I throw in the towel, I'm done. And I'm just yeah. going to feel good about my life. And if it means I'm a bachelor for the rest of my life, well, then I'm a bachelor for the rest of my life. But I, I just can't play that crazy game anymore. So I'm done with it. And I'm just going to be the best that I can going forward. And it wasn't a quick transition. I mean, it didn't happen fast in terms of my feeling better about myself. But as these things go, meeting Louise happened relatively quickly after that. I mean, we first talked on the phone about a month later. And that, you know, as I look back on it, a month is almost nothing. At the time, it seemed like an eternity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's it. Yes. That's the beauty of what you're talking about. For me, the idea of, as a, as a recovering compulsive gambler but the, my number one drive for years was to get money in which to gamble with and so i'm constantly putting out this lack of feeling and constantly was craving and chasing money and it was a it was just a, a really very frustrating that i couldn't understand how i'd gotten in the situation right then as eventually it got to a point of like look this isn't working. I, 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 and like you're saying, it was more of a subtle. This is not a snap. When you look back over 23 years, nothing happened, snap of the fingers, but there was Absolutely. an evolution of it. Yeah. And as I evolved, I realized, hey, you know, whatever, it, 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 yeah, I'm going to be fine. I have enough. I'll, well, shockingly, money then started arriving. And then the less I cared about it, or the less I pursued it, you know, I have an abundance. Just sort of understanding I have an abundance. Then there's more money available. Then you wake up, there's more money available. Then there, it's like, wow. But I, I quit that push. And so whether it's relationships or or no matter if it's money, it's it's usually the stuff we're most worried about that ends up being what we put the most resistance toward. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, the, that's, that's the indication right there. I mean, like. You mentioned the guy who wrote us a couple of weeks ago, and everything was going right. He was getting all the stuff that he wanted, except for the thing he was focused on. Now, I was telling my story about how you know my life was improving in a number of different ways, but not where the relationships was concerned, because that's where I was focused on. If you get that right. kind of of result over and over again, you're getting abundance in the other areas, but not the area you're most focused on. It tells you something about what you're focusing on, and more precisely, the way you're focusing on it. It's telling you that your your focus is messed up. You're focusing in a lack mentality. You're focusing in a I don't have an un, I'm unhappy mentality and I'm an unsuccessful mentality, and that's what's messing you up. It's your focus. Yes, and that and that's that's universally with the law of attraction. What that's what where we we get stressed. You know, I'm doing a lot of uh, a lot of my work right now, uh, or study, is on anxiety. I'm fascinated with anxiety. And it, it is a driving factor. It's, it's a big factor in the law of attraction. Anxiety is uh, what you're anxious about is, again, the resistance to where we're going. Or uh, That's why you get it. people get in such desperate financial situations. Mm. And uh, I, I have a, a, a person that I'm working with that had uh, 
that I'm, I'm not going to give any identifiables, but this person uh, uh, really is having a difficult time accepting just sort of a new situation in life. You know, this financial stress is, is huge, and every there's this cascading event of, of things happening where everything is falling apart from this person's perspective. Everything is falling apart. Everything is falling apart. And trying to get get her to they take a deep breath. When I can get her to slow down from the, the cascading effect of everything falling apart and it, and realize, wait a minute, let's break it down to the most basic. You you described a hundred things that were wrong, mm. but let's look at the five things that are okay. You have a roof over your head. You have a family that cares about you. You have food to eat. You have a job and you have transportation. Yeah, I have that. Okay. So with that being said, now I'm not saying you have that forever, but right now you have it. So instead of anticipating everything that could go wrong, we have to stop. So once we start that downward stop, that downward spiral of thinking, then you can get a point of let's let's focus on where we're at. So anxiety is is a driving factor. It's a habit. It's it's uh, people have addiction. I believe this is my belief that people become addicted to worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it releases a lot of stress hormones. It does a lot of things in the in the body that that really. Uh, uh, destroys you and if you can stop with that downward spiral and stop with that that thinking you have a chance of rebuilding and rebooting and then and then getting things away but this 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 young lady that i'm working with she the more she'll have these huge awakenings but they usually come after a total meltdown and then she keeps accepting her new reality then things get better that she has a meltdown and 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 i i see it and she's starting to realize that the meltdowns aren't necessary. They're just conditioned. Mm. And so when we get unhappy, being unhappy is conditioned. It is, you know, we, we weren't placed on the planet to worry and suffer. It's not why we were here. But yet, somehow, that's become our thing. And then, you know, I, I, I'm not getting off into a political rant. But, you know, po- politics requires so much fear-based stuff mm. that we we – you know, you, you hear them say, there's this huge caravan of horrible people coming to invade our oh, country, yes. and you must keep, elect, vote this certain way to keep it there. Well, people are really believing that, that the reality is not what's being sold. It's a different scenario than what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, we're, 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 fear is the key there. Right. So if I can get you fearful... Let's not be happy about it. Right now, the, the stock market is doing incredible. Uh, stock market, not so much, but the, the economy is doing incredibly well right now. Unemployment is at its lowest rate. If we could focus on things that are really good, things are pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Overall, on the world stage, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like things are that really bad, I mean, compared to where, uh, where we're at. So if we could focus on what's really good right now, we have plenty, but yet it's it's a much easier package to sell when you're focused on lack or fear or because those things hit your safety. I want to make you feel unsafe and then you're unhappy and will live a fear-based existence. And the, I'm the only person as a politician who can save you if you just trust me. Mm. The other people want to expose you to, to unhealthy, unsafe situations, and they deep down want you to die mm. is what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, no, it's not accurate at all. Um, but it's true. And in fact, uh, the topic of anxiety, interesting you should bring that up because that was also our topic on Tuesday afternoon with uh, two of my newest co-hosts, uh, both young people, both millennials, Alex and Carlos. Alex King uh, lives in uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, actually, right on the coast. And uh, Carlos lives in uh, Los Angeles area. And uh, we were talking about anxiety because of a couple of reasons. First, Alex herself suffers from it. In fact, she describes herself as also being agoraphobic. And uh, uh, she also has Asperger's. So she's she's dealing with a number of different you know, aspects of the same thing, in a sense. And Carlos brought on his brother, Gabriel, who's also had severe issues with anxiety. And I, I didn't really realize until we did that first show. And we're actually going to do a second show next week as a follow-up to it. But I, I didn't really realize how big of a deal anxiety is among millennials, but apparently it's pretty big. And here you are talking about a, another uh, a client of yours who's also a young lady also dealing with the issue. I mean, is it more uh, prevalent than I realize among millennials? It is. It is. It, 
it, it seems that in, 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 you know, trying to speak from, you know, I always try to say things in a most accurate way possible from my minor view of the world, my mm-hmm. small slice of the world that I deal with. Uh, it seems to be an epidemic really? uh, among millennials. It, 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 it's severe. Wow. Uh, it is probably a, the most driving force. It is one of the number one causes of, I believe, of people that getting into uh, addictive behavior um, mm. when they when they start smoking pot or taking opiates or doing the things they do. Right. I almost get universal report that this is an anxiety treatment. They, wow. they, they clearly they they there's other ways to do it, but they 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 found that the the most relief they're finding is it addresses their anxiety. And as long as you know, I I'm about that you know that there isn't there is not an effective medication for anxiety. There are things that when, when my, you know, when I lost my son, TJ, um, you know, obviously that's an incredible oh, trauma, yeah. traumatic based event and, and tons of anxiety are surrounding that. Mm-hmm. And I have multiple friends. Most of my friends are in the, in the field of uh, counseling or they're doctors. That's a few of my doctor friends basically just call me and say, what do you want? You know, do you want some, Xanax, I mean, I'll get you whatever you need to, to get you through this time. And I, I found it interesting. They, they, they were certainly trying to help. Sure. Uh, but I found it really interesting that I, I, I didn't, I, I was like, no, that, that doesn't do anything. That, that does stop it temporarily. Mm. But it, 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 it could be a compounding factor. It could be other things. Anxiety is a perspective of a situation that you're in control of. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's not to minimalize it. It, it, it is, it's devastating and debilitating. But a lot of what I deal with, uh, it now is helping people. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dreyer used to always, uh, uh, talk about tapping and, and to deal with anxiety and, and there's neurofeedback to deal with anxiety. And all of them use basically the same principle of desensitization to anxiety and, and not being paralyzed by it. But, uh, you know, uh, when I started doing public speaking, one of the great pieces of advice that I was given is anxiety and excitement manifest the same way physically in the body. Hmm. So if you can start training your brain to view yourself as not being anxious but being excited, it becomes a more more acceptable way to deal with it. Interesting. And you actually, uh, uh, one of the things that I work with professional athletes on uh, is using anxiety uh, and I, I'm stealing this term from one of the players that I work with. Uh, he, once we found this technique, he said, I've learned to use my anxiety like jet fuel. Mm. I, I don't, it, it, it doesn't debilitate. It strengthens when I learn how to make it go in the right direction. It, he, it, he embraces what he used to perceive as anxiety as, as power. It puts him in a game plan. So he's adjusted his perspective of anxiety and now it's a tool for him. It's interesting you mentioned that because Carlos's brother Gabriel said very much the same thing. He talked about how he treats it now as his superpower. That was literally the term that he used, his superpower. Yeah. And in fact, the way he, yeah. uh, he, the, the lifestyle change he made that made the biggest difference with, you know, a lot of family support was he became very interested in video games. And apparently the, the strong level of focus he already has helped him tremendously in becoming really good at this one particular game. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but it was a competitive kind of video game. And he became one of the top U.S. players of this game. He was actually involved in at one point in uh, one of these contests where you can go after you know $100,000 prizes and so forth. He was that good at it. And it, it was all attributable wow. to the fact that he had found this outlet that enabled him to believe that what he had previously thought of as a detriment was actually a strength. And that, that's a pretty cool thing when you can turn it around like that because, that, well, that's one of the things that Abraham teaches, right? Abraham Hicks teaches yeah. that you want to try to find a way to pivot the way that you look at whatever the thing is that you're looking at. If you can pivot it from something that doesn't feel good to something that does feel good, you're going to shift not only your perspective, but you're going to shift your results. Yes. And, 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 and the, 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 the big blow up from all of this, and, and I'm, I'm really excited you guys are doing that topic because it, it, we have a belief that, you know, people say, well, Try hard not to be anxious. Mm. Well, again, law of attraction is like, uh, okay, try our, all, all law of attraction here is anxious, anxious, anxious. And so it feeds back on that, mm. not, not to or try hard not to. Right. What you do is you, you for me, 
if I, and, and I, I don't suffer for uh, there was a period of time when anxiety was devastating for me. It doesn't do anything to me anymore. I've, I've, I've controlled it. Uh, and, and, and again, if I find myself feeling anxious about a topic, I go to the topic. I go, what is it? Uh, you know, what, what is causing this stress? What am I fearing? There's always going to be a fear based to it. It's not a logical fear, obviously. So what, what is going on? And I can almost always immediately identify what it is and be able to say, okay, I, I'm actually excited. If you, your anxiety is based on the concept of what is going to go wrong or the stress attached to that mm-hmm. uh, of, of what's going to go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at, um, you know, I'm, I'm worried that, that this is going to happen or I, you know, I, I can't, one month from today, I will not be able to pay my mortgage payment. Well, and also from what Alex and, and from uh, Gabriel, from what they were telling me last week, sometimes it doesn't even have a deliberate focus. It's just sort of a general fear of no, they don't even know what it is. Just, uh, I mean, in right, Gabriel's right. case, it yeah. was like he, yeah. he was in school and his fear was he wouldn't be able to keep up because he was getting all this stuff and he didn't even know how to organize his mind about it. So he just kind of sh- shut down. He just kind of couldn't handle it. Well, it, but, but, but the, the fear is not being able to handle There's always a thing, even though it feels very, because there's a term called generalized anxiety disorder, but there's, there's always a thing of what, you can't always identify it. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. But, the, but if you could ever get to the point of dissecting it, like, like say, I'm getting all this information, I can't do it, so I'm just overwhelmed. The anxiety of being overwhelmed, the mm-hmm. anxiety of, of the unknown, the, the, there, there could be, and then versus what could go, what, what is, what is this about? Mm-hmm. So by dissecting or trying to identify that what, let me be able to, and that's what the, learning your own inner dialogue and being able to say, where, where does this come from? You know, when, when I have irrational thoughts or fears, again, don't, doesn't happen often. Uh, I, I will have, more than anything, well, I'll have them in a dream. And then I get mm. frustrated with myself in the dream because I know it's a dream, but yet I, I still feel <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, I'm actually having arguments with myself in the dream. You know? like, this is stupid. And, uh, but yet at the same time, it's, it's taking place. You, you've and taken so lucid dreaming to a different level. Most people like to do lucid dreaming to try to improve something in, in your life. You've, you've taken it to the point of, I'm going to have an argument with myself in my own dream. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I do that. In, in fact, like, like sometimes I'll find myself in this, this incredibly stressful situation in my dream. And I'm going, this, first of all, I'm dreaming. This is stupid. Not doing it. And then I immediately wake up and instead of like, oh my God. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, that was right. And it, I, I've, I've learned to just be able to dismiss it and and not even get stuck on it, you know, anymore. But there was a time where I, I was just worried about being worried. I was mm. anxious about being anxious. I was anxious about, you know, whatever was going to happen because I just conditioned myself to awfulizing every scenario where it, it, my life was terrible. But when you're happy, it's try to be anxious and happy at the same time. That's, <laughs> that's a task. Try Tell that. me about it. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it, it doesn't match. And uh, uh, w- once you can get to a place of happiness, we we break it down to we are going to be able to get through this. And the stuff we fear is often the stuff we need anyway. Mm. You know, I, I, I see people that we, you've heard multiple examples from me over the years of, of incredible people that have lost their job and and they have nowhere to turn, nothing to do. And that began their process of their greatness. They, they, they moved on to greatness. But after that, they had to get rid of what was so, but their fear of losing their job actually kept them in, in a place they didn't want to be. And then when they finally lost their job, their worst fear came true. And then six months later, they're going, Oh, thank God I lost that job. Mm. God, I lost that job. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you'll see that what we worry about is, the I use the term occasionally that the body the body seeks homeostasis it doesn't want to change it wants safety mm-hmm. so there's anxiety of change there's anxiety of anything being different there's anxiety of of I I I don't want this out of the norm versus I want to embrace whatever happens I want to embrace my life I want to embrace this greatness that that I'm living and then let's just go do this let's not overthink it. When you, when you do that, that's what our audience has, and they have the ability right now to be happy and then 
within the happiness, be able to manifest the stuff that they truly want. Because the question that you, you, you've asked other people, you've asked yourself, I've asked myself, and I'll, what do you want sounds so easy. <laughs> but when you say, what do you want? And they really start that it, most people don't really know. And that's a very nebulous message to be putting out there. You know, I want more money is too broad of a, a statement. You, you want, because when you do that, you're putting out that you don't, you have a, a lack of. Mm. You want an abundance. You want a continued abundance in your life so you can focus to, to, to do the stuff that, that you're, you, you're intended to do, to live a life you, you want to live. All that stuff is what you're attracting and you get a lot of freedom within that. But, but the idea that a lack of money keeps me from doing anything to be happy is a self-perpetuating downward spiral, which, which never ends, and it's part of the anxiety process, actually. Mm-hmm, that's true, yeah. In fact, uh, you're making me think about uh, the fact that Cindy Chavez and I have been doing a lot of Neville Goddard lately. We've been reviewing uh, the books that he's done. We've done the smaller ones, and we're actually now taking on one of his big books, the power of awareness. One of the there, there are two key concepts that uh, I've really taken away from Neville that I think are wonderful. One is one that is Cindy's favorite phrase, which is assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. In other words, when you want to attract something, you actually take the feeling of it on, and you're you're, you're creating the experience of it in your mind so that you can attract it. The the one that I really like though is where he talks about creating what Cindy and I are calling a vignette. He doesn't call it a vignette. But it's a little scene that you create that expresses what it's like whenever you have successfully manifested X, whatever X is that you're trying to achieve. And, and it is literally a small scene. It is, it's, it's short in duration. It lasts, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And it could be something as simple as if you were trying to attract a particular business, like he actually told the story in his book about somebody who wanted to have an Arthur Murray dance studio franchise in uh, Nevada, I think it was. And he, he created in his mind this vignette of the regional director of Arthur Murray shaking his hand, congratulating him for now being the proud owner of this franchise in Nevada. And he just kept playing that one over and over in his head and getting excited about it, talking about your word excitement, and just getting into the feeling of it in a big, big way. And sure enough, it came true, and it actually played out exactly the way he had in mind. Uh, and, and Cindy and I have been sharing a lot of stories about things that we've experienced in our own lives. I mean, she, she actually had a great story this past week. She's been with her partner, Scott, now for seven years. And I, almost on the spur of the moment, not quite, they got married this past Sunday. After a seven-year relationship, they finally got married, and she's absolutely thrilled about it and so forth. But she described to me how leading up to that wedding, she had this, this little vignette in her mind of her wearing a diamond ring and being toasted holding champagne. And being toasted specifically by her rabbi. She's Jewish. And that's literally what played out. The day of the wedding, the rabbi performed the ceremony. The rabbi went out to lunch with them and toasted them, you know, success and happiness for their marriage. And as she took the the glass, she realized she was taking the glass with the hand that had the ring on it so she could see the ring and the glass exactly as she imagined it in her little vignette. And I think about this, this, this Goddard concept of, Focusing on the little vignette and, and just allowing yourself to stay there so you don't get off on all these rabbit trails about anxieties or about things that you're afraid are going to go wrong or not having enough money or not having the relationships so, or so forth. You're just focusing on the one part that you love. And I really like that concept. So I'm curious, what do you think of that? Oh, yeah. what do, you, do you like that approach? Oh, of course. Uh, the, 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 uh, that is one of the, I've shared before, and I won't, I won't share it again today because I got another direction to go, but how I envisioned a treatment center that I wanted and how I manifested that entire treatment center. Mm-hmm. And I literally had pictures of, of that. And the detail that Cindy's talking about, by the way, Cindy's awesome, and she, she's <laughs> really, really grasped this concept. But Absolutely. Th- that's what the law of attraction is looking for, is they're looking for these these details, the specific I hear, I, I see the ring. I see myself being toasted. I, I see myself um, in this position or sitting, you know, at, you know, in charge of this program that I want to be in charge of or, or this career where you can literally see getting your diploma for graduating medical school or whatever. Those, those are things that become, you put out there, those are so specific. The, the law of attraction loves that. You're, you're specific. You're in tune. 
it's just on board. It, it, mm. you, you make it easy in a sense. Yeah, you do. Uh, but you've got to really believe it at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 you, it doesn't do any good to put a picture of a billion dollars out there because you, you're not really believing that. But if you put it, uh, uh, you know, having plenty of money in your bank account and have all these things that, that represent, that's where, you know, a lot of people are really into vision boards. Mm-hmm. And a vision board done correctly is, is, Sort of what you're talking about. You can get very specific and very small, and and really, it really helps because you're you're you that becomes your reality, or it goes the other way, or you get obsessed. Or Sandy could have done it. I'll I'll, I'll never get married. We'll never get married. This, I get this is never going to work. Blah 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 blah. And that's that's what she would put to, to the universe at that point. Yeah. But, oh, but oh, by, yeah. by getting that image so specifically, that is that's what happens. Is when you know, when you see the the idea of you know, a lot of the, the, the Facebook groups that, that talk about law of attraction, there's some really good ones. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful they're there. But so a lot of times people get lost in, in arguing the minutia and missing the point. It's, mm. it's a simple concept that your energy, the, the raw, real energy you're putting out is what actually matters. That's, mm. what, that's the, what you're putting out there. It's not what you think you're putting out there. It's what you're really – so a, a persistent lack of or an anger, if I'm angry because of this, then you're actually, that's your resistance. But the celebration of it all, that's that's what you're attracting. Absolutely true. Yeah, that's good stuff. <clears throat> I also want to take a moment because we only have uh, about uh, three and a half minutes left. I want to make sure I get the word out uh, about subscribing to the podcast because, as you can see, we get these really good discussions going and have some really interesting events happening as well. Um you can get all of them streaming right to your smartphone, and the way you do that is becoming a subscriber. So become one. Um, if you know how to do it, it's pretty easy. You just go through your podcast software and search for us. But in case you aren't sure how to do that, we're now including subscribe links in all of the descriptions of all the places where we're posting these things, these uh, podcasts that we're doing. Um, so look there for the, the link for your particular device, and it'll just walk you through the, the process. If you can't find the links, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and you'll find big, big links links there that you can't miss, one for Android users, one for iPhone and iPad users, and you just click it and follow the steps, and all of a sudden you're subscribed. And then make sure you're listening to the episodes. By the way, I don't really mention that very often, but, you know, subscribing doesn't actually do you any good if you listen, don't listen to the episodes. So, you know, the good stuff is coming here. Listen to the episodes, and then share the fact that you're listening on your favorite social media channels so that other people can get their daily dose of happy. Because that continues to be my, my goal and my dream, Joel, and, and the, the dream is becoming more and more real. So many tens of thousands of people, that's the goal, tens of thousands of people listening to every episode, getting their daily dose of happy, and then just kind of imagining, trying to, to create that little vignette in my mind. What happens when you have so many happy people manifesting this stuff that they want in their lives? I mean, it's, it's almost mind-boggling trying to imagine that. It is, and, and that's the, uh, it, as more and more, as this happens more and more, it becomes less mind-boggling. Yes, that's and then true. It, then it becomes more reality because the mind-boggling concept is actually resistance. That itself. is, yes. So, yeah, and so when when you when you see it happening, you start to say, "This really can happen." Yeah, and that's what we're in the middle of right now. It's really happening. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Hey, before we leave, everybody, too. Uh, uh, anybody who knows anything about this stuff can tell you're really. Fabulous life coach, and you've had so much success helping so many people over the years. Um, somebody wants to reach out to you and maybe have like a, a personal session or just get, ask you a question or whatever. How do they reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is probably by email. If you just have a question or, or want to uh, schedule a session, it's joelelston at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, I'm also on Facebook at Joel Elston, and my website is joelelston.com. I'm right. glad to refer or, or actually do this, whatever we need. I, I get questions all the time. I get referrals out all the time. I, I, I'm passionate about what I do, so I, I always welcome comments. If I'm, if you think I'm crazy, I get some of those <laughs> too, so feel free to throw those my way. <laughs> all right. Now, that's where I get challenged on. I like that. Hey, Joel, it's been great. I look forward to talking to you every week, as we always do. Thanks, Walt. Good to talk to you, my friend. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 